Laudato Jesus Christus, Vatican and World News. Today, Sunday, February 25th, is the second Sunday of Lent. And these are today's headlines. Ukraine faces an unprecedented humanitarian crisis as the war with Russia enters its third year. The United Nations warns of grave threats to the health of children in Gaza. And at the Angelus, Pope Francis invites the faithful to open themselves to the light of Jesus. In the Vatican, I'm Christopher Wells. Pope Francis on Sunday lamented the deaths, injuries, destruction, anguish, and tears of the past two years since Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine, a period, the Pope said, that is becoming terribly long and whose end is not yet in sight. In remarks following the Sunday Angelus, the Pope warned that the war in Ukraine is not only devastating the region of Europe, but unleashing a global wave of fear and hatred. While renewing his vivid sympathy and prayers for the tormented Ukrainian people, the Holy Father pleaded for the recovery of that little bit of humanity that will allow the conditions for a diplomatic solution to be created in the search for a just and lasting peace. In the latest news from Ukraine, Ukrainian Defense Minister Rustam Umarov warned Sunday that his country was losing territory in its grinding war with Russia because, in his words, 50% of weapons promised by Western partners failed to reach Kiev in time. As Stefan Voss reports, the announcement comes as Ukraine faces an unprecedented humanitarian crisis as a result of the Russian invasion. As Ukraine entered its third year of armed conflict against Russia, there was growing desperation Sunday on the battlefields. Ukraine's defense minister, Rustem Umerov, revealed that his troops had built new fortifications and thousands of strongholds. But he made clear that delays in the supply of Western equipment led to massive setbacks and deaths along the front lines. 50% of commitments are not delivered on time. So which means that in the mathematics of war, we look to the enemy. Their economy is almost $2 trillion. They use up to 15% official and unofficial budget to the war, which constitutes over 100 50 billion U.S. dollars annually, it's officially. So basically, whatever committed that doesn't come on time, we'll lose people, we'll lose territories. Those who survive are often returning with horrific wounds. Among them is Sergei, a 27-year-old soldier. He suffered terrible injuries when his vehicle hit a Russian anti-tank mine on Ukraine's front line near Marinka. After he slowly began to regain consciousness in his hospital bed in Kiev, he realized he couldn't see, speak or feel his legs. But he could hear his wife Valeria's voice. That gentle voice inspired him to set up groups to help wounded veterans, including one to build infrastructure for their life after the war. 
His suffering, and that of many others, also motivated volunteers to help Ukraine see through another year of bloodshed. Among them, Canadian volunteer Paul Yukes, who risked his life to rescue a six-year-old girl from the Russian-occupied area of Saporizhia, and reunited her with her mother, who was in the Netherlands. Angry Russian forces surrounded Yukes, but he eventually convinced them to choose hope over death. These are seen as crucial, compassionate gestures in a war that the United Nations now says has exacted a horrific human cost, inflicting immense suffering on millions of civilians that will be felt for generations. For Vatican Radio, I am Stefan Bos, reporting. Pope Francis on Sunday also urged people not to forget to pray for Palestine and Israel and for the many people torn apart by the war, urging them to provide concrete assistance to those who are suffering. Pensiamo tanta sofferenza. Pensiamo i bambini feriti, innocenti. Let us think of so much suffering, he said. Let us think of the wounded, innocent children. Since the beginning of the conflict in Gaza, thousands of children have been exposed to distressing events and trauma marked by extensive destruction and displacement. Nathan Morley has this report on the humanitarian crisis facing the children of Gaza. Northern Gaza is virtually cut off from civilization. Its people, estimated to number 300,000, have been reduced to a dire existence. In the south, over a million people are jammed into every available space in and around the city of Rafa. Though more than 13,000 trucks transporting over 250,000 tons of humanitarian aid have entered the Gaza Strip since the start of the war, supplies of food, medicine and other essentials remain low. Over the course of this conflict, thousands of children have been injured and killed. Aid agencies report children reporting to hospitals with burns, open wounds and other serious injuries. And through it all, children remain cut off from psychological care. In a recent bulletin, UNICEF reported cases of diarrhoea amongst toddlers are soaring, whilst cases of scabies, lice, chickenpox, skin rashes and respiratory infections are also climbing amongst children. Compounding matters, a steep rise in malnutrition amongst children and pregnant and breastfeeding women in Gaza poses a grave threat to their health. That's according to a comprehensive new analysis released by Global Nutrition Cluster. In a separate development, the Israeli War Cabinet has been briefed on ceasefire negotiations in Paris, which have reportedly led to an outline agreement on a pause to fighting in Gaza and on hostage releases. Meanwhile, U.S. and U.K. fighter planes have again carried out strikes on Houthi sites in Yemen. It's the fourth such operation by the Allies. The strikes were directed against storage facilities, radars and a helicopter. In a televised address, though, the Houthi spokesman, Yahya Sari, warned its attacks on shipping in the Red Sea would continue until Israel ended its assault on Gaza. The Yemeni armed forces, along with all the great Yemeni people, persist in upholding their religious, moral and humanitarian duties towards the Palestinian people, and their military operations will not stop until the aggression stops and the siege of the Palestinian people in the Gaza Strip is lifted. For Vatican Radio, this is Nathan Morley reporting.
Pope Francis also expressed his closeness, compassion, and prayer for tragedies around the world. In particular, he noted increasing violence in the Democratic Republic of Congo, joining with the bishops of that country in their calls for prayers for peace. He also expressed his hope for an end to the clashes and for sincere and constructive dialogue between the fighting parties. Turning his thoughts to Nigeria in Western Africa, Pope Francis highlighted the increasingly frequent abductions there as a cause for concern. He expressed his closeness to and prayers for the people of Nigeria and his hopes that efforts would be made to curb the spread of these episodes as much as possible. Extending his sympathy to Asia, Pope Francis also shared his closeness to the Mongolian people who are suffering from a period of intense cold, leading to serious humanitarian consequences. Anche questo fenomeno estremo è un segno del cambiamento climatico e dei suoi effetti. This extreme phenomenon is also a sign of climate change and its effects, the Pope said. The climate crisis is a global social problem, deeply affecting the lives of many brothers and sisters, especially the most vulnerable, he continued, adding, let us pray that we can make wise and courageous choices to contribute to the care of creation. Finally, Pope Francis reflected on the gospel account of the Transfiguration at today's Angelus and invited the faithful to open themselves to the light of Jesus, as Deborah Kesselana-Lubov reports. Let's open ourselves to the light of Jesus, and let's never be diverted from his light. This was the invitation Pope Francis gave the faithful today at noon during his weekly Angelus Address. In his remarks this second Sunday of Lent, the Pope recalled the day's gospel reading according to St. Mark, which tells of the transfiguration. When the disciples see the Lord in all his glory on the high mountain, they understand the unique light that is Jesus. The disciples were to never again divert their eyes, especially in moments of trial, the Pope said, saying the same applies to everyone today. The message, he insisted, is never divert your eyes from the light of Jesus. Ecco il messaggio. Non staccare mai gli occhi dalla luce di Gesù. The Pope compared this act to what farmers used to do in the past when plowing fields, focusing their gaze on a specific point ahead of them, keeping their eyes fixed on the goal to trace straight furrows. This is what we Christians are called to do in the journey of life, he said. Always keep before our eyes the radiant face of Christ, who is love and endless life, who always accompanies us. To help us do this, the Pope encouraged regular prayer, listening to the Lord's Word and the sacraments. But it also helps us, he said, to look people in the eye, learning to see God's light in everyone. The Pope went on to offer a Lenten resolution to faithful. E questo è un buon proposito per la Quaresima, coltivare sguardi aperti. Namely, to open our gaze, to become seekers of light, seekers of the light of Jesus in prayer and in people. Pope Francis urged the faithful to join him in asking themselves some key questions. 
In my journey, do I keep my eyes fixed on Christ who accompanies me? Do I seek out every little ray of Jesus' light, which is reflected in me and every brother and sister I encounter? Pope Francis concluded by praying that Mary, radiant with the light of God, help us to keep our gaze fixed on Jesus and to look at each other with trust and love. I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov. And briefly, as we conclude our Sunday edition of Vatican and World News, the Church this year is celebrating the fifth anniversary of the po- publication of the post-Synodal Apostolic Exhortation, Christus Vivit. Pope Francis signed the letter at the Holy House of Loreto on March 25, 2019, The letter is addressed to young people and concluded the work of the Synod of Bishops on Youth held at the Vatican in October 2018. Now for the fifth anniversary, the Dicastery for Laity, Family, and Life is accompanying a group of young communicators who participated in the Dicastery for Communications Project Faith Communication in the Digital World in the design and production of a social campaign for the official Facebook and Instagram accounts of World Youth Day. And that's all the time we have for this edition of Vatican and World News. For more on these and other stories, we invite you to visit our website at www.vaticannews.va. You can also catch the latest updates on our Facebook, X, and Instagram pages. Many thanks to our producers and sound engineers in studio. In the Vatican, I'm Christopher Wells. Mm